The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Quantum Business Insights, emerging perspectives on people, process, and profits. Your host is Olivia Parr-Rood. In today's fast-paced, high-tech global economy, the business landscape is constantly evolving. To be successful, companies must continually adapt as well as identify and exploit new opportunities. Now, here is the host of Quantum Business Insights, Olivia Parr-Rood. Welcome to Quantum Business Insights. I'm your host, Olivia Parr-Rood. Each week on Quantum Business Insights, I explore the changing nature of business with thought leaders from around the world. My hope is that through dialogue and inquiry, we'll discover new approaches and perspectives that can help us all be more successful in our business. I especially want to draw attention to those systems and processes that take advantage of what I feel is our most valuable asset, our human capital. The topic for today's show is Designing Breakthrough Strategies with Quantum Planning. My guest is Gerald Harris, author of The Art of Quantum Planning, Lessons from Quantum Physics for Breakthrough Strategy, Innovation, and Leadership. Let me tell you a little bit about Gerald. He's president of the Quantum Planning Group and an associate with Rios Partners. He specializes in assisting businesses and organizations in a wide range of planning tasks, including scenario development, strategic planning, leadership team facilitation, and business plan development. He is an expert in helping organizations manage uncertainty and guiding them through going through scenario to strategy to implementation. Gerald has global experience in management consultant and has worked in many industries as a scenario-based strategy expert. He has a BA in economics and an MBA in finance and business economics, and he's led scenario projects for major U.S. and foreign organizations, including AT&T, Chevron, Motorola, Pacific Gas and Electric, the W.K. Kellogg Foundation, and the United States Environmental Protection Agency. Gerald, welcome to Quantum Business Insights. How you doing? Thank you for having me. My pleasure. So in your book, The Art of Quantum Planning, you describe an approach to business strategy and planning that is informed by models from quantum physics. But you seem to have a very traditional business education. What led you to this unique approach, and how does it differ from traditional approaches? Well, as you mentioned, I've done uh, quite a bit of uh, work with senior management teams and management teams thinking in the long term using scenario planning and other kind of strategic planning uh, techniques. And what I discovered is, is very often uh, the group will get into a stuck place. And most of that will be around some, uh, you know, preconceived notions, some set of beliefs, particularly old beliefs that they have, or, you know, some kind of comfort zone. And I want a way to sort of give people a way to, check their own thinking to sort of get out of the box. And I discovered 
from watching a quite unusual film called What the Big Do We Know, that there's some really radical ideas in, in quantum physics. <laughs> That's interesting, because I actually mentioned last week that that was a movie that also opened me up to a lot of great ideas. So yeah, what so was... I haven't been doing a strategic planning process when I watched that movie. Really? Oh, that's interesting. So can you give me some, maybe an example of something in the movie that really got you thinking about this differently? Well, you know, there was a part in the movie where one of the scientists uh, went through a conversation where, where he said he sort of uh, would think about what he wanted to get accomplished that day and then he would wait for these sort of small signals, uh, and he would watch for these, and they would sort of guide him along the way. And I thought, wow, that's a really good way of combining an intention, but also openness. And I think it's this openness concept that I'm really trying to get at in my, in my book and in the ideas that I push. How do we open the mind and make ourselves more aware and sensitive? I see. So maybe you get a thought or you you ask a question and then you sort of wait for signals that you may be on the right track or you might have to think differently or something like that. Is that kind of what yeah, you're saying? I, yeah, I think it's, it's sort of um, being aware, but at the same time uh, having an, an intention. It, it reminds me there's a, a story about when uh, Steve Jobs uh, many years ago went to visit Xerox Park which at that time was one of the leading uh, R&D uh, you know, companies in the world. This was many years ago before companies like Apple were really up and going. Uh, and there's a great story that he pays a visit to them, uh, and he knew exactly what he was looking for in terms of the technology that he needed. They had no clue that he was thinking a million miles ahead of, him, ahead of them. Uh-huh. But he came with this openness and this sensitivity, and he kind of found what he was looking for. Oh, so it's like about being curious, too, perhaps. Oh, absolutely being curious, but I think it's a combination of having an intention but not having a preconceived notion as to what the answer is. Got it. I see. So you don't go in there, right, with knowing the answer. You're more open to to being surprised, perhaps. (laughs) That's right. That's right. Being surprised and also learning. Learning something you didn't know. Yeah, I think that's key. So in your book, you mention seven ideas from quantum physics that can be translated for learning and planning in organizations. And so I'd like to ask you about these one at a time. The first idea from quantum physics is the particle wave duality. Can you explain this and relate how it applies to business strategy and planning? Well, it it goes to what I think is one of the most fundamental flaws and, and thinking I've seen not only in business, but in even sometimes in my personal life. And that's what I call a false duality. Uh, this versus that, good versus bad. And uh, what we find from quantum physics is that the universe actually doesn't work that way. That, you know, a, 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 a subatomic particle, like an electron, uh, can be either seen as a particle or a wave, depending on the point from which it's being observed. Oh. Uh, <laughs> again, the openness thing there, right? So the point is, is that this notion that there's always some this versus some that, and that's the complete way to think of it, that's the error. 
And we see it all the time. We, you know, you can open up the newspaper, you know, the Republicans against the Democrats or the right against the left or whatever. And we, stuck, we get stuck in these dualities thinking that that's the complete story when the real story is some integrated whole, some way of combining those or even expanding beyond, you know, the simple uh, this versus that thinking that tends to come into place. Right. So it sort of speaks to your earlier comment about your intention. That might actually affect the outcome in a way. Is that kind of what you're saying? Well, if, yeah, if you come in with a, a, an intention that's already stuck in one place, mm-hmm. then you're going to generate that opposition, right? When someone right. wants to change their mind, they're going to have to assume this sort of opposite position, and then you're stuck in duality. And what I'm saying is that's where you make a mistake. Anytime you okay. get stuck this versus a that versus a way of, of a sort of completed whole, you get in trouble. You know, it reminds me of, of and I think this is how powerful this is, you know, the, the President of the United States <laughs> made a very, very famous speech when he says, I'm not into red America, blue America, I'm into the, into the United States of America. It was an electrifying statement. Right. And I think that's what I mean by looking at looking at the whole as opposed to these false dualities. Oh, I see. So do you have an example perhaps of a client with whom you were working where you described this and maybe something that came out of that in their plan or their strategy? Well, basically this is the core of, of scenario-based planning. Uh, what tends to happen in a business situation that I'll come in is that a company will have a what we call an official future. Uh, this is what they believe how their business environment is going to work out. They've set their plans and strategies and corporate culture around it. So they have these, you know, sort of a preconceived uh, notion, right? A classic example probably that people can read up on is, uh, is Lehman Brothers before its failure. Oh. Uh, their view was that the whole, you know, recession that we were going through was simply a, a, a blip on the screen uh, that real estate markets were going to come back very, very quickly. So they, they decided to double down on their strategy. Uh, wow. A horrific mistake. <laughs> um, but again, it's sort of this, uh, you know, you come into a situation with a preconceived notion. Now, what scenarios allow you to do is to have multiple views of the future, not just your, your, your official future view. And what I oh, do with clients, okay. I come in and I create probably four different worlds for them to strategize against. And therefore, you know, one of them is their preferred or official future, but they will have at least three to four that are very, very different and challenging. And through that process, what I'm doing is changing their perspective, giving them uh, an opportunity to learn uh, for deeper inquiry and for new questions to arise. Great. Okay. So we've got a few minutes before the break. Let's, go into the second idea from quantum physics, and then we may have to elaborate on after the break. So you say the second idea from quantum physics that you've used is the Heisenberg uncertainty principle. And I especially like this one because with the rate of change in our economy, the amount of uncertainty is continuing to increase. So how do you define the Heisenberg uncertainty principle? The simple way that I've seen it best explained is that you cannot simultaneously know the speed of an electron and its position, which is 
how fast is this moving and where is it? <laughs> the right. problem is, as soon as you measure one, you influence your ability to measure the other. Oh, so okay. Stuck. You can't know. You can only know one. Which means so there's if, an inherent uncertainty. All right. So if I'm a business person, what would that mean to me? How would, how would I use that information? Uh, let's go back to this, this official future concept, right? Right. So to me, the official future is you looking at the world as if it's a particle. It's exactly, oh. exactly like this. You've you got to yeah. capture it. Right? I'm just definite that that's what's going to happen. Okay. <laughs> right. But where is it going? That's the wave concept, right? The speed at which it is moving, right? And so right. There, there, that, that brings in this, this inherent uncertainty. So what I, what I suggest to companies is that it's okay to have an intention in a particular strategy, but it's not okay not to have alternative scenarios or futures that, they, that give you some idea of where things may be going. And therefore, how you may want to strategize proactively as opposed to reactively. You're, you're, you know, you get surprised by everything. You open the paper and you find out that your competitor is on X or there's some new entrant or some new uh, player in the marketplace that you didn't expect, right? Uh, that's what I mean by the sort of more open, uh, wave-oriented version of planning versus this sort of particle uh you know, we have it all figured out. This is exactly the way we think it's going to be, and, and we're stuck in our little comfort zone here. Oh, I see. So it probably takes a little bit more effort ahead of time because you're having to perhaps flesh out all these possibilities. But when when the future comes, you're not as shocked, or at least you, you can plan for the possibility of all these things. It sounds like, um, you know. Yeah, well, you will, you will have thought of it in advance. And therefore, you may have some what we call strategic options that you may have thought of in advance. So therefore, you're ready to take action as soon as you see some signal that now you know how to interpret because you've been open and you're learning and you're thinking. And therefore, you move ahead. I mean, the classic company that has done this for years uh, has been Royal Dutch Shell, which were a lot of the sort of scenario approach was originated in business, and they've been doing it for years. Oh, great. Yeah. So it really is about perhaps expecting things may go wrong and then just looking for signals so you've got a, a plan mapped out in case of, say, s- several different well, things happening. Well, not necessarily go wrong all the time. Uh, there may be an opportunity that emerges that, you know, you, you didn't see. Or, oh, uh, I see. So it's not all negative. Got it. Okay. So it's about not missing, yeah, I guess a new product option or market or any anything that could be positive. Great. Well, so we've got a few more to do, but we're up on a break. Uh, so when we come back, we'll get into the third idea from quantum physics. So stay tuned. Mm-hmm. 
Save on your prescriptions with the RX Savings Plus Drug Discount Card offered by Voice America. It is not insurance, and discounts are only available from participating pharmacies. But 9 out of 10 pharmacies participate nationwide. Everyone is eligible for RX Savings Plus. There are no age or income restrictions and no paperwork. Simply print a card and start saving on your prescriptions. Start saving today. Enroll and print your free card online at voiceamerica.rxsavingsplus.com or text the word TALK radio to 96362 what sets apart voiceamerica.tv from the other video content providers on the internet choice and flexibility means that you can host your video content live or on demand on the main voiceamerica.tv channels through your own branded media player or your own private tv channel we support multiple media formats so all of your video content can be in one place we offer a number of advertising and video packages for more information visit voiceamerica.tv if you think you've seen online tv like this before let us surprise you do you like most americans spend the majority of your life at work Are you making it the joy that it deserves to be, or are you feeling drained and unfocused? Tune in to A Great Place to Work with hosts Kurt Kaufman and Dr. Kathy Sorensen. Your hosts have more than 30 years of experience in workplace consulting and are ready to bring you the secrets and success stories of businesses who are making their business a great place to work. Listen every Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel and enjoy a better workplace and a better life. Be sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for us at keyword Voice America. You are tuned in to Quantum Business Insights with Olivia Parr-Rudd. To reach the program with questions or comments, please send an email to show at oliviagroup.com. That's show at oliviagroup.com. Now, back to Quantum Business Insights. So before the break, we were talking about these ideas that you've described in your book, The Art of Quantum Planning. These ideas from quantum physics that you use to help companies learn and, and plan in their organizations. So we talked about the first two. The third idea you mentioned is that nothing is real until it is observed. To me, this is an amazing concept. What does this mean, and how can we apply it in business? You know, this is the one I also find most fascinating because I have to remind myself that uh, it's my perception about something within my own mind that makes it what it is. (laughs) You know, there's a famous saying that I think it's Shakespeare that there's no good in evil, just thinking makes it so. Mm. Um, And I think we... We sort of lose track of the fact that uh, what we see and then how we process it in our own minds frames it, and then it determines what it is from our point of view. And that's what I want to emphasize is just from your point of view. Um, so, so this might well, be filtered by, say, our past experience or our or biases or things like that. Is that kind of what you mean? They, they shape how you perceive things. Right. So right. let's go back to the let's go back to the to the Lehman Brothers example I mentioned earlier. Uh, the reason Lehman thought that about the 2009 financial collapse was because they had experienced one before, and the company oh. had doubled down and made lots of money. Right. They thought it was the same thing again. Ah, I see. 
and and it's possible there were people in there that were saying no this may be different but probably the overall management they didn't want to hear that they just didn't want to face the truth i guess well, yeah. well i'll give you another example which i find fascinating which is uh uh, you know, if you look at what's going on with uh, the, the, the emergence of the the iPhone um, and what an impact that has had on on the on the, on the cell phone market, and um, there's a the, the BlackBerry company, as you know, is is about to go under. Really? Uh, they're, oh. Yeah, they're 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 fading. Uh, but if you look at that uh, the history of that company, when the iPhone was released, the stock value of that company doubled afterwards. Wow. There was, there was a two-year lag thereabout between the, the entry of the iPhone and it began to, you know, really take market share away from uh, the BlackBerry, uh, you know, with other competitors as well. But I can imagine, you know, when people were calling it, you know, not only BlackBerry, but it was called, I hate to say this, a crackberry. People were so addicted to these things. And they had huge market share in, in business. And there was no one in that company that would have believed at the time that Steve Jobs at Apple, which is a computer company, is, going to, is any threat to us at all. They thought the iPhone was probably a toy. Wow. That's amazing. And, and you just can think about all the new technologies that are being introduced. This is probably going on all the time, maybe on a smaller scale, but companies are suffering and they don't even understand why. Well, very often what happens is, um, you know, there's a, a book out called uh, The Innovator's Solution by Craig Christensen uh, at, Harvard, at Harvard Business School. And he talks about how very often innovation is bottom-up and it's serving those customers that the established uh, players uh, find, you know, too cheap or, or too small of whatever to serve. Uh, this is a difficult part of the market. They, they don't make money there. What happens right. is someone comes in and they figure out how to make money on this part of the market that, that people are ignoring, and that becomes the basis of innovation from the bottom up. And that's why it's so very, very difficult to, to see this, uh, because very often it's, it's, a, it's a, in some part of the market that the company has already decided to you know, pay no attention to. Oh, right. Interesting. Interesting. So let's go on. The fourth idea is the illusion of time and space. And I'm always looking for ways to stretch time. So I'd love to know more about this and how this could apply to business. You know, this one is uh, it's probably more basic physics than it is you know, quantum physics. But, you know, as we know, uh, you know, time is completely relative in terms of what time it is. Uh, you know, for example, you're on the East Coast, and it's probably 6 o'clock your time, three something out here. Um, but more in, importantly, there's a, 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 a concept that people are still studying called entanglement. This is a situation where uh, two related particles are sort of mirroring each other, but they're so far away, and, and the change is instantaneous, and they can't figure out this, this, there's no such thing as fast speed of light, but something seems to be going on here. Uh, the point <laughs> that I make is that for some reason, time and the concept as we understand time does not limit the creativity of the universe. It just doesn't. Interesting. 
Fascinating. So how would you, can you give me an example of how someone might use that in their business or how that plays out perhaps in strategy and planning? Uh, two ways it plays out for me. One is um, the idea that there's some a sequence in which things need to happen, that there's always some this before some that, and it follows, you know, this way and that way, and things can only happen so fast or whatever. Like it's linear, yeah. Yeah, people in in, in the companies will will get stuck in an ordered sequence. Uh, Right. It's all in their mind. (laughs) Ah. It doesn't exist in reality. And all it takes is some competitor to come along and re-scramble and go, oh, wow, you mean you didn't have to, uh, you know. (laughs) Right. That reminds me of a, there was this, uh, a fellow named Robert Krieger, he wrote a book called Sacred Cows Make the Best Burgers. <laughs> and and company, companies would hire him to go in and look for things like that, that people were missing. And I think he went into a car, a, a company that made tires, Michelin or one of those companies, and he said, he goes, why are you shrink wrapping your tires? And they said, well, to keep the white walls clean, but they had stopped making white wall tires years earlier. So it was just one of those things that they didn't see. That's really interesting. It's amazing. Yeah, I mean, people can get stuck in this, you know, sequential thinking. And, uh, you know, very often what I'll do, you know, come into a company and I will have them do a little experiment. And I'll give them some cards and say, I'll tell you what you do. You you tell me, I'll give you these four cards, and you tell me the sequence of which, you know, some particular thing needs to happen. And they said, great. And everybody writes it down. And then I said, well, give your card to someone else. Right, but I'm going to give this other person one additional card. There's one additional, so now four from four to five, and now they're going to resequence the same thing and then give it back to you and say, "Here's a different way to accomplish that." Right? Oh. It's an amazing thing. People That's... are just blown away. <laughs> they have no love... idea that if I just change this one thing, I could totally reorder the sequence of them. That's brilliant. I love it. And I'll bet you, you get so many improvements that way because people are sort of forced to think in a nonlinear fashion. That's great. Absolutely. Right. And there's a lot for team building as well. Yeah. Uh, because people know how to get engaged at that level and they go, wow, that's right. You know, I never thought about that. Or, yeah. I mean, you, you can do it with something as simple as, you know, how you get up in the morning and the, the steps you go through before you get out of the house. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I've heard that as far as sort of waking up your creativity as you start doing things, maybe brush your teeth with the non-dominant hand and drive a different way to work. And all these things help sort of loosen the brain and get you to think a little bit more in a nonlinear way. That's great. Yeah, yeah. So the sixth idea from quantum physics. Oh, sorry, we're in the fifth idea <laughs> is the many worlds idea. Um, this reminds me of something I heard. It, it, I think what it's saying kind of relates to what you were just saying about things being fixed. And I just heard something about scientists that are in charge of the constants that we have and how they're having to tweak them because things are not as constant as we are led to believe. So anyway, tell me about the many worlds idea and how that might inform me in business. Yeah, it's... Um... It's kind of this thing about, um, you know, even there's, you know, this, I guess this guy, one of these famous physicists is talking about how there may be multiple universes, um, but I don't want to go that far, but it's this notion that um, 
when you measure something, it's impacted by the position and place from which you are measuring it. Oh. Uh, so you talked about, you know, scientists about these constants, and what they're finding is that, well, you know, it was this particular way because that's how we measured it. <laughs> Uh, but as soon as, you, as soon as you change everything around, you get this different result. Right? Even though the thing that you're measuring is the, the same thing. Right. Uh, right. So my, my way of saying it is, is, why don't we just say, well, maybe there's just multiple, multiple worlds out here. Even though it's the same thing, it's just, it's just, different. It's just different, right? It's like, and, it's like and a different The point I'm trying to get at is to, to release this attachment to something being exactly as I see it. Got you. Okay. So that really does make sense as far as people coming in, especially if you've got a team and they all have a slightly different idea and then they wonder why they can't come to a consensus. And maybe the the fact that they have a different view could be used to really create a much more sound uh, plan or several scenarios by by maybe honoring those different views. Well, I'll tell you where I see this very often is I will come into a company and we'll try, we're trying to decide what is the problem that we're trying to solve. Mm. And it's amazing how many people have a different way of explaining the same problem. <laughs> right. <laughs> I, I mean, that way. applies to anything in life, right? Families, <laughs> uh, right. any kind of exactly. thing. <laughs> Who's That's faulted? great. Oh, wow. Um, so we're just about up on a break here. Let's go to break, and when we come back, we'll look at the sixth idea. So stay tuned. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. The latest business information is made simple with the Voice America Business Network. The professionals in the business world bring you live talk radio shows featuring an array of business topics, strategies for building wealth, sales and marketing, stock trading, investing, and business technology. Voice America business hosts are professionals in their fields and bring to the airwaves weekly business discussions that offer up-to-date information, advice, and education. The Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business talk. What does success mean to you? Is it being just like the person on the other side of the fence where the grass is supposedly greener? We harbor too many feelings of envy and suppressed anger targeted at others, and it's holding us back from our success. Tune in to Wealthy Thoughts with Richard Levy. Just by listening, you'll be empowered to make positive lifestyle changes to live the successful life that you deserve to live. Wealthy Thoughts can be heard every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. You are tuned in to Quantum Business Insights with Olivia Parr-Rood. To reach the program with questions or comments, please send an email to show at oliviagroup.com. That's show at oliviagroup.com. Now, back 
to Quantum Business Insights. So before the break, we were talking about these ideas from quantum physics that can inform us in our business. And we went through the first up to the fifth. So let's get to the sixth idea from quantum physics, which is something that a lot of people have probably heard of, the unified field theory. How do you explain that, and how would that apply to business? Well, the, the unified field theory basically says that everything is connected to everything else. Mm. Uh, the universe is one interconnected energy field. Uh, and so this notion that uh, there's some break or some discontinuity or that um, one thing doesn't impact the other is, is basically a, a fiction and a limitation of the human system of perception. Um, you know, if I look, like right now I'm looking out the window, and there seems to be nothing between me and the window. Uh, of course there is. There's air, but also there's energy between me and the window. Uh, and actually there is no separation between me and the window. Uh, it's just one massive energy system. Now, here's the way I can directly experience that. If there was an earthquake, and I'm in Northern California, then all of us would be moving. <laughs> right. Right? Uh, it reminds me of the, um, you know, the meteor that hit in, in the Soviet Union, uh, Russia, I'm sorry, two months ago. You know, and it knocked out windows for thousands of miles. Uh, and people were, were given a lesson that everything's interconnected because the shock wave from that meteor you know, blast things for thousands of miles. Right. And I remember hearing a discussion, or there's a theory or, or, or a fact, I guess, that if a butterfly flaps its wings in, in the U.S., it could affect the weather in China or something. I mean, is that part of that, that concept? Have you heard that? Yeah, I've, I've heard that. I don't know the science of that, but I think it does validate this notion that um, everything is interconnected. Now, here to me is an example, a way of seeing this in business. And what I call it is all-to-all strategy. And the mm-hmm. best example of it to me is eBay. I-, I find that the most fascinating company. Anybody can put yeah. anything up on eBay and sell it to anybody else. Right. That's it's an all-to-all company. Yeah, and... Um... It's sort of, I wonder if Wikipedia would also fall into that category in the sense that anybody can make an edit and then it affects the entire system globally. Well, so, I think they do some screeners there, so they have to approve those um, edits. And, and they probably have screeners on eBay. They probably have certain things you can't sell on eBay, like your kidney or something. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> right. Or, <laughs> they don't want you or to humans. Do that. <laughs> right. <laughs> But I think uh, the idea of, of, of what I call all's all, I mean, this whole thing around file sharing, you know, in the music business, um, you know, was taken off really fast, and people said, oh, my God, you know, you run us all out of business. But that was an all-to-all model as well. And I think what we are, when you're talking about technology and, and, and the like, that um, that's true is that the technology of communications is allowing all-to-all communications. Uh, yeah, and I heard just even today that people are using mobile devices more and more. And so if you think about the fact that people don't even have to go to their computer 
anymore to to make a purchase or to post something they can just do it wherever they are that that's really going to change things i think in an exponential way wouldn't you agree i think it will it's going to open up some new markets but it's also going to be disruptive uh in a lot of markets because as you know when you have something like that uh, you have no barriers to entry, you know, as an economist, I'm thinking here. And therefore, what happens is, you know, the price collapses. Right. And so this might be, when we were speaking earlier about a possible scenario, this is probably something companies need to consider, is that what happens if their major product or, you know, their best-selling product gets undermined by a new technology, then what would be their plan B, I guess, or, or C or D. Yeah, well, you know, we're watching this in the in the newspaper business because, you know, pretty much Craigslist, um, you know, just took out their one-hand business. Yeah, for free, free oh. classifieds. Yeah, and so, you know, uh, local newspapers, uh, uh, you know, beyond, you know, some other, you know, things in terms of uh, internet advertising and all that, but Basically, the whole advertising market has moved away from uh, a notion that people are going to get up in the morning, here we go with this time sequence of things, buy a big wad of paper, sit down, and read it. Uh, It's not happening anymore. So it almost seems like anything that contains information has the potential to be Non tangible in a way, and so any well, company I would say that it has this, I would use the word disintermediated, which means uh-huh. there's a way for someone to um, get into your value chain and, and 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 be an intermediary in some way that you don't you had not anticipated, right. um, and then therefore you're in you're in trouble. Um, but again, you know, there's also some upsides to that because you get only lower prices, but you get, you know, new features, new products, new ideas. Um, you know, I'm not a, an Instagram user, but I understand it's really changing uh, the marketplace in terms of advertising. People, you know, throw things up, whether it's uh, fashion or shoes or whatever. And uh, and this whole, as you said, this whole mobile world now that people get this instantaneous feedback. So it could actually be, you know, speeding up the innovation loop uh, because you have a closer connection with, with your final customer. And, you know, I, I think all this is happening in, in, in the uh, design space. Uh, design is happening faster because there's more, you know, interaction there. So, um, you know, I'm not a Luddite or anything like that. Uh, <laughs> but I do think, um, you know, this can be, can be disruptive. It does, it does cause change, for sure. Yeah, it's really going to, the, the spoils are going to go to the companies that can get that instant feedback and keep adapting to the customer desires because it's really the customers that are driving it. So, right. And I go back to say that the, that the way they have to deal with this is this continuing openness, continuous learning, those kinds of things, I think, are the only strategies that they can really pursue. Right. So I want to make sure we get through these ideas. You've got the, the final seventh idea from quantum physics is everything is energy. And we kind of touched upon this already um, and I love this because I feel like I can use that to impact my world. So you were saying between you and the window, everything's energy. But 
isn't it all energy, even the window, even me, even the rocks and, and the computers and everything at the tiniest uh, level? Is it, is it all energy? That's what we seem to be finding out, <laughs> that they're, you know, in this search for the ultimate particle, you know, there's this concept called a, some God particle and the Higgs boson and, you know, all this stuff that was in the news a little while ago. And they, even down at that level, they realized, well, you know, Einstein's theory that, you know, E equals MC squared, which basically all mass was things and nothing but energy, you know, mm-hmm. multiplied by some square of the speed of light. Uh, yeah, you're right. Everything is energy. We have not found this ultimate particle. The universe seems to be made out of no thing. <laughs> uh, it seems to convert itself into things. Um, right. Yeah, and, and, and so when I think about that, it's sort of what is the the energy, the ideas, the creativity? Uh, you know, the first words in my book are thoughts are things. Mm-hmm. And the point I'm trying to get across there is that we think everything into existence. Oh, I see. Right? I mean, if you go back to, you know, the caveman in the forest, there were no cars there. <laughs> there were no homes there. There were no computers there. You know, there were no bridges there. You know, we have thought all of this into existence. Right? Oh, right. And, right. So the question is, you know, when I think about energy as everything, I think of energy as that creative spark, those ideas, uh, the values, the way of seeing the world, all that to me is a, you know, energy in its, in its unmanifested form. Um, and then what we do is, is creative individuals is we go from, from idea, uh, you know, to thought, to, to thing. And then the thing becomes, you know, a house or a business or whatever. Um, I mean, I go back to Apple Computer. And I think the most, to me, the greatest business decision that Steve Jobs ever made, he made a lot, a lot of good ones, uh, to me was uh, opening up the iPhone so that just about anybody could design an app and put it on there. Right. Uh, they now have a insurmountable lead <laughs> in terms of the apps that you can get on the iPhone and now you can use on your, your iPad. Uh, the reason they can charge a premium in the marketplace is because of that. But if you think about it, the only thing they did was have a very, very open approach to creativity, realizing their engineers wouldn't think of all the apps that people might possibly want, again, all to all, right? And let everybody right. can. <laughs> uh, I have a friend who has an app on there that's a wedding planning app. Right now, I'm pretty sure some highly trained MIT engineer working at at Apple probably wouldn't have thought about a wedding <laughs> app. That's true. But all the rest of these things, you know, that people think of all these. You know, I'm not a game player. My kids play some of these games, but I don't. You know, I don't have time to play games on my iPhone. But apparently, millions of people do. Uh, yeah. And I would have never thought of these games. But again, it's that. You know, it's the energy. It's the creativity. It's the you know, the fire behind it. Uh, wow. And that's why I say everything eventually uh, comes from that. And I think very often people in companies, uh, they get established, they get, as I say, these stuck, you know, preconceived notions, and they forget the fact 
that if the company doesn't have any creative energy, uh, its days are numbered. Wow, that's a great point. Well, so we're up on our, our last break. So when we come back, I want to talk a little bit about reflective thinking. So stay tuned. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. The latest business information is made simple with the Voice America Business Network. The professionals in the business world bring you live talk radio shows featuring an array of business topics, strategies for building wealth, sales and marketing, stock trading, investing, and business technology. Voice America business hosts are professionals in their fields and bring to the airwaves weekly business discussions that offer up-to-date information, advice, and education. The Voice America Business Network. The bottom line in business talk. These days, everyone is looking for information on staying young, healthy, and fit. The Voice America Health and Wellness Network is here to help you on your quest to better health and a better you. We talk about everything from diet, fitness, and aging to substance abuse, personal growth, mental health, and much more. Learn from our experts who cover health and wellness from traditional and holistic perspectives. Tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Healthy living starts here. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. You are tuned in to Quantum Business Insights with Olivia Parr-Rood. To reach the program with questions or comments, please send an email to show at oliviagroup.com. That's show at oliviagroup.com. Now, back to Quantum Business Insights. So, in your book, The Art of Quantum Planning, you talk about reflective thinking and how it can stimulate insights related to those seven ideas. What is reflective thinking, and and how can a company use that? Yeah, uh, to me, reflective thinking is a way of, of asking yourself, really, really tough questions. It's why do I think that way? Why do I feel that way? Why do I see it that way? Now, uh, this is not all times pleasant because very often you may stumble upon some weakness in yourself or something you're not, you're not proud of. But uh, I've learned the way to get through those things is to face them and, and address them, right, and get help and those kinds of things. But this, this, this notion of, of, of reflective thinking is, in fact, someone says this is what separates man from, from other animals, is that, you know, the other animal cannot think about what it just thought about. <laughs> that's true. So <laughs> they can't take a perspective on their own thoughts. Uh, right. At least that's right. what we believe. <laughs> right, right, right. But to me, it's just sort of um, uh, the way I think of it is uh, if I have made a mistake, right, right, that I understand it and realize it and then make a positive adjustment. Mm, so I could see 
I mean, this just sounds like a really powerful technique. Have you worked with companies where people have been resistant to looking at their mistakes or maybe their own biases? Has that ever been a challenge? Well, I'll say this. Uh, I, I Actually, there are two kinds of companies that I have seen on 25 years of doing scenario planning that, that use this sort of the scenario planning is, is also a version of reflective thinking because it's sort of opening up and looking at these alternatives. But um, what tends to happen is companies that have made a horrific mistake will realize, oh, wow, you know, we really need to, uh, <laughs> we need to go at this differently. And then they bring in the consultants, right? They bring in the scenario planning and all the rest of these folks. Right. Uh, or those companies that are really trying to think ahead, um, and normally the companies that are really thinking ahead, when you talk to them, you'll find out that it's because they made some mistake in the past and they don't want to, don't want to repeat it. Um, so, yeah, I think that's, that's where it comes in at, at the corporate level. One of the things I ask company uh, managers when I interview them before I get involved in a project, I ask them, well, uh, what are some of the lessons that this company has learned? Oh, that's good. And Has I get there... all kinds of answers. <laughs> <laughs> Do you find that they, the companies that are, so it sounds like you were saying some companies really want to figure this out before they make a big mistake. Are they actually looking at perhaps even a, disrupting their own business in a way or trying to stay ahead by maybe changing their model before they have to? You know, I think the smart ones do, and there have certainly been some, uh, you know, companies that have done that. I mean, I think that's what Apple does with, with innovation in iPhone and seems to be what Facebook uh, is, is trying to do in some of its uh, adjustments is that they are, you know, trying to stay ahead of the market and change the business model and, and not be stuck, you know. Um, I would say any company that is, innovating very quickly because they understand the dynamics of their market uh, will be doing this. Um, and it's very often you read in the in the business press where a CEO may come in and say, okay, look, uh, we need to get on this immediately. Forget, stop what you're doing. Uh, forget this and go to this over here, right? Uh, of course, mm-hmm. the classic example of that is, yeah, I guess Bill Gates was talking to some students at Columbia University many, many years ago before the Internet took off. And all these kids were talking about the Internet. And he says, what is this? And they said, oh, it's the Internet. And he says, what? <laughs> and he immediately went back to Seattle and said, hey, you know, what is this? we got to get on this thing. And, uh, you know, they were able to make a, a big adjustment with Explorer and a lot of other stuff. But, um, yeah, it is that, uh, you know, ability to, um, you know, <laughs> make that kind of quick recognition. That's interesting. So I'm thinking about Bill Gates talking to students. Have you noticed a difference? Have you worked with companies, let's say, with younger people versus older, and maybe not older, but just more uh, established businesses? And and do you see a difference in their willingness to perhaps use some of these methods that you've developed? Uh, I can't say that I... Can give you a good sense of the age demographics because there are all kinds of people in the, and companies that I work with because they're such large companies. I would probably say uh, younger 
uh, innovative or, or companies that are in fast-changing markets are, are tend to be open to this kind of thinking. And they wouldn't call it quantum thinking. They would just call it something else. But there are um, uh, companies who also, in these sort of established uh, markets like energy in particular, because they have such huge risk and make such big investments, they also need to think this way. Uh, mm-hmm. Because they're going to put something in the ground that's going to be there for 30 or 40 years, um, you know, like a power plant or a pipeline or whatever, and they need to have uh, this kind of open thinking as well in terms of how to, how to strategize and how to position that thing, how to finance it, and a lot of other questions that come up, that they want to build flexibility into a long-term asset. Right. Okay. That makes sense. So we just have a couple minutes left, and I, I remember reading something in your book about the importance of play. Can you just make a couple comments about that? Uh, yeah, it's sort of not taking yourself so seriously um, and uh, having a sort of childlike, more humble mentality uh, because I think at, at that point you might be able to uh, see and experience something differently because you're not holding on so tightly to your preconceived notions. You know, when you are, uh, you know, when you're, when, you're, when you're playing, you are, first of all, you, you're, you're highly interactive. Like if you're playing baseball, you better know where the ball is, right? <laughs> <laughs> you don't want right. to get another ball, right? So you, you have to be paying attention. Uh, but also all of your senses are involved, right? You, 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 it's not just a mental thing. It's a physical thing, you know, and you get into the other parts of your brain. Um, and I think there's, uh, there's, there's some of that. And very often when we are uh, facilitating a team, uh, we, we try to bring in some play. And one of the, one of the ones we like to do is to uh, bring in a lot of balls. If you have 20 or 30 people in the room, just little tennis balls of different colors, and just have them throw the balls to each other around the room. Oh. And uh, so people are sort of, you know, they have to pay attention. You have to signal to someone if you're sending them the ball, they have to catch it and send them. You get this sort of instantly complex uh, environment, but it's also fun. Uh, right. And people loosen up, right? Uh, right. And that, that's what I mean by the, the, the play aspect. It's a, it's a way of, in some kind of way, opening up your other senses and other ways of being uh, so you're experiencing life and what you're dealing with across a wider range than just your mental, you know, aspects of it. Oh, thank you. That's that's so helpful. And I feel like today we've sort of been playing with ideas, so we're we're kind of uh, carrying out what you're describing. So it looks like we're about out of time, Gerald. I'd like to thank you so much for being my guest. I do hope you'll come back and visit me again. But thank you so much. I really appreciate you having me, and I, I hope that your listeners uh, you know, get something out of these crazy ideas. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure they will. So next week, we're going to explore the power of collaboration with Michael Sussman, president of Strategic Rail Finance and On Track America. Be sure to check my host page on voiceamerica.com for full details. I'm your host, Olivia Parrud. Thank you for tuning in to Quantum Business Insights.
thank you for tuning in to Quantum Business Insights. Please join your host, Olivia Parr-Rood, again next Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Enjoy your weekend, and we'll talk again next week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.